Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name is Joe Glover and I am so pleased to be having you listening to this podcast right now. Thank you very, very much. Um, The reason why we're here, however, is to be hearing a great talk. And this particular great talk is from a fine gentleman called Adam Tuckwell. Adam works for a company called Mobas, who are based in Cambridge, um, and they are the brand transformation agency. That's my dog throwing Tupperware around just in the background in case you hear it. (laughs) Um, Now, Adam speaks about failure. And even though failure, I think, is sort of almost entered the public psyche to the point of becoming a bit of a buzzword, I think it's still one of these topics that people don't speak about in genuine terms. They just sort of say, oh, you got to fail. And, you know, everyone kind of nods along and no one really admits to it. So that's why this talk was particularly refreshing, because Adam actually goes into why failure is important for us to acknowledge and learn from but then also highlights some key failures. But then I think also credit to him, he sort of acknowledges that he himself fails too and uh, admits his own weaknesses as a marketer, as a bloke. And I think that really goes a long way to sort of say about his character too. So I really hope you enjoy this talk. Uh, If you'd like anything more from the Marketing Meetup, head to one of our events. We're in five locations right now and I'd love to be doing more. So if you want to do a Marketing Meetup event, you get in touch with me. I'm at joe at the marketingmeetup.com. Um, head to our, t- our Instagram. We're at uh, the marketing meetup, surprisingly. Or head to the marketingmeetup.com. And you can find blog content, our podcasts, uh, videos from the event, and all sorts right there. Uh, with that being said, I'll hand over to the very capable, very lovely, very inspiring Adam Tuckwell. I hope you enjoy. Apply to do a lightning talk, Joe says. Seven minutes, it will be really easy. And I finally pluck up the courage and I do it and I send him an email and he goes, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. You can talk for 20 minutes on that. So crikey, here I am. Um, my name's Adam, hello. Um, I've spent the last decade working in marketing, marketing and communications. I've worked for really high-tech um, computer digital technology companies, really exciting. I've worked for really slow-moving international beasts that are like tankers that can't turn around. And most recently, I've been working at Mobas in Cambridge, which is uh, an agency that some of you might be aware of, looking at uh, B2B and B2C clients and, and thinking about what they do. And most recently there, it's given me an opportunity to reflect on failure and when marketing goes wrong. And big or small, everybody does it, but it's something we don't like to talk about. And so I wanted to talk about it tonight, and I thought it would be a good idea to align and talk on it, but Joe said talk for longer. So I've written some notes, and I've made some slides, and I'm going to work my way through it, but I'm going to get you to work as well. Um, obviously, you're all here, you've given up an evening. Some of these topics might sound interesting or more interesting than the Bake Off final that you're all missing, so stay off Twitter if you're on that and don't want to know the result. But um, with, there are a lot of buzzwords around failure, but I wanted to talk about it because it's something that we don't talk about enough about. Um, there's loads of talk about innovation, there's loads of talk about how we can do things and try things and do things differently, but we all need to admit that sometimes uh, we get things wrong and we need to try and do things differently and we can learn from our failures. Um, so I'm going to talk about finding your inner black box. And what I mean by that is just learning from our experiences, experiences, seeing what we do well, seeing what we do badly and learning from that to see what we can find. What can we learn from 
this guy. Innovation and experimentation are aligned on trying new things. We need to be bold. We need to be active. We need to try new things. Facebook's famous mantra is move fast and break things. Who knows that? What a fantastic thing to live by. Who lives by that? None of us, probably. Because it's not something we do in the real world, is it? It takes courage to be innovative and to do things and to move in a world that requires us to think about return of investment, to think about KPIs, to think about objectives. It takes a really bold person to step into a ring and try something new, try something they haven't done. But we need to think about that if we want to start to do things differently. I wanted to stand up and jokingly say that I've been a failure for 34 years of my life. I couldn't find a dog gift, obviously. That's the key thing to do in talks like this. Um, but I haven't been a failure for 34 years of my life, not because I've been great at everything I've done, far from it. It's just been that I've been averse to taking risks. Like Joe, I'm a bit of an introvert. I don't want to try new things. I don't really want to stand up and talk to all of you, but I'm doing it because I think it would be good for me. But... I try and steer away from doing things differently, from going against the grain. As a result of that, it means I often play it safe in a lot of things that I do. And in order to be brave and bold and innovative, we need to move out of our comfort zone. So I haven't experienced a huge amount of failure in my time and my career because I've avoided taking risks. How many of you are risk takers? You've all sat here very patiently listening to these talks, but you haven't spoken to the person sitting next to you. So I want you to take just 30 seconds to talk to the person next to you and confess to them where you sit on an innovative scale. Are you a risk taker or not? One is not very risk or is very risk averse. Ten, you're a massive risk taker. Turn to the person next to you and work out where you sit on the scale. Because you're sitting on the fence. Anyone sitting on the fence? Or oh, a few of you. Brilliant. Anyone bold enough to say they're a 10? A yep. real risk taker? Fantastic. Typically, most of us aren't, though, are we? Most of us are a bit concerned about it. Or we take risks when we think it's a safe place to do it. If we work in an environment that's supportive and caring, where we can try things and trial them in a safe understanding that if we fail, we'll be fine, then it empowers us and emboldens us to try new things. But many of us don't. And it's really interesting, because when I was researching for this, I searched for two things. I searched for marketing innovation, and I searched for marketing failure. Marketing innovation, I'm not very good with numbers, but even I can read that that's 332 million results that come up on Google. When you look for marketing failure, you get just a fraction of that. People aren't very comfortable talking about what they do wrong. People aren't very comfortable talking about the mistakes that they make. And that got me thinking as to why that is. Marketers are meant to be bold and outgoing and extroverts. So why don't we talk about what we do? Why don't we talk more about when we make mistakes and how we approach them and how we learn from them? There's loads of stuff out there, but we need to think differently and we need to be bolder. Failure is a really hot topic right now. I know everyone hates it when we start to look at CEOs and what they say about things, but I wanted to take three examples. This guy, James Quincy, CEO um, of Coca-Cola. Some of you might be aware of him and, and, and what they did. Um, right after he became CEO, he called upon all the managers within Coke to get together and get beyond the fear of failure that dogged the company from New Coke when that went out. Some of you will remember that. And he said, um, we're not making enough mistakes. We're clearly not trying hard enough. What a bold thing to say from the top of an organisation that's faced some failure in the past. 
Um, Reed Hastings, who's in charge of Netflix, who's here has got a Netflix subscription, almost all of you, who struggles to find something good to watch, sometimes I do. Um, our hit ratio, though, is too high. We have to take more risks. He was talking about the fact that actually they're too safe in what they do when they're commissioning programs. They should be taking more risks. They should be more bold. And they should make things that they have to then cancel because they thought it would work, but it didn't, just to try and find the best content and find what would be good. Um, Jeff, everyone knows Jeff. Love him or hate him. He's probably one of the biggest entrepreneurs in the world uh, of all time. Maybe that's quite a bold statement. Um, but when he was talking about what he was doing at Amazon and when specifically um, when they went out and bought um, Whole Foods, he said that all of these investments are big bets. They're experiments. They're trials. You get the people at the top of these global organisations telling everybody that we should be much more innovative in what we do. We should try things. And it doesn't matter if it fails, because if we fail at things, we'll learn from them. And one in 10, one in 20, one in 100 things will get right. And the value of what we can get out of that positive success way outweighs the failure. What a wonderful thing to hear. But what complete bollocks for lots of us. Because when we sit there in our marketing departments or our agencies or in our in-house environments, how hard is it to do that stuff? If I even think about the marketers that work within those organisations, even they're concerned and live in fear of mistakes or missteps or disappointments um, that really limit the creativity and innovation that they employ. It's something that's held up there by those leaders as something that we should all aspire to, but when it comes to it, we all struggle. It's an elephant in the room for me. I love elephants. Uh, so it's important that we get at least one in every presentation that I do. But um, it's, it's an elephant in the room for me because we don't do things and we don't try things. And we need to understand why that is and what reason is stopping us to do it. And the reason isn't Homer Simpson, but the reason probably is that there are too many choices. When we're looking at things in terms of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, we're faced with a plethora of tools. We're faced with new designs new opportunities, new tactics, new exciting gadgets, new tools that we could be using, new features, new measurements, lots of things that we need to consider. Where on earth do we start? What's stopping the marketers from doing more things? The answer that comes most readily to my head, and maybe yours, is fear, and fear of failure, fear of getting things wrong. If we're going to create an innovative mindset, if we're going to change the way that we think and the way that we act, we need to come up with ways of better understanding stress. Um, I've worked in a variety of different environments and I've seen lots of people and lots of people in marketing really suffer with stress. It's a really important topic. Stress, anxiety is something that um, many people um, need to talk about and want to talk about more because it's something that we all face. And if we're worried about fear and failure, it's gonna cause more stress for us. Over 50% of marketers identify being stressed at work. So if we just think about this room, half the people here are people who, whose work, whose daily life is causing stress and affecting their decisions and what they do and how they do it. It's a massive elephant in the room. And when you unpack that a little bit as to understand what that means in terms of inhibiting people for what they do and how they innovate, it's really clear. There was an interesting survey from last year that unpacked why people are stressed why marketers specifically um, are stressed and the results are, are really interesting. Nothing, maybe some of these will ring true, um, nothing brings a marketer down more than trying to prove his or her value to other stakeholders. Who suffers from that? That's a massive problem um, for me. Uh, it's, it's a massive juggle to try and get stuff done in a 40-hour week. Who here works a 40-hour week? 
you know, that's amazing to, 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 to just limit it to, to that. But also the fear or the worry about reporting no, um, no gain, no profit from a piece of activity, these barriers. We need to understand how we can challenge these perceptions and overcome the fear, but we also need to get some perspective. If we make mistakes, what is the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? It goes wrong. Sorry? It just goes wrong. It just goes wrong. You could get fired. You could get fired. And that's true. And that's what we need to think about the culture within an organisation. We need to think about who we work for. If you work for an employer who will sack you if you make a mistake, are they the sort of employer you want to work for? No. It's something that we really need to think about and, and start to... And if you work for somebody who doesn't understand what you do, you want to work for well, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. But perhaps, um, you know, they, they, there's this wonderful saying, isn't there? That people fail upwards, don't they? And they go, they go up to the top. And that rather stands in contrary to my talk about why we should despise to fail, doesn't it? But never mind that. But we need to think about where we're working and, and what we're doing and how we can overcome these stresses. Because there's a fear. Why would we try and do something new and something different if we're worried that the result of that is that we're going to end up with even more stress and even more challenges. And it means that we just stick to what we do. Everyone wants to be innovative, or I hope they do. Everyone wants to be innovative, but no one wants to make a mistake. And those two things don't go hand in hand. We need to get some perspective. And there are two things we can think about in terms of the way that we fail. Um, I'm really sorry. Uh, I wrote this talk uh, last week, and it was before uh, the plane crash and the helicopter crash. So please... Um, acknowledge that I'm not deliberately pointing at the news agenda in from what I do, but there are two different things uh, that we can look at to see what happens when things go wrong. So the worst thing we can do is uh, we can get sacked, that's, that's true. Uh, if we're a pilot in a plane crash, the consequences are, are horrific. Um, but when a plane crashes, there's a hunt. There's a hunt on to find the black box, and when we try and find the black box, we're trying to do what? We're trying to discover what went wrong so that we can fix the problem, we can learn from the problem, and it's public, it's open. When it happens, manufacturers talk to other manufacturers. When it happens, airlines talk to other airlines. The whole purpose is open and public and designed to embrace it so that other people will learn from mistakes. It's a massive thing. Uh, is there anyone here that works for uh, Norfolk University Hospitals? No, good, right. The next thing, the other way to do things, uh, is, when there's, <laughs> is when there's medical mistakes. Because actually, standing completely opposed to that public and open and collaborative approach is when there's medical negligence. When there's a problem, what do they try and do? Unfortunately, in many cases, things are trying to sweep it under the carpet or not talk about it or we'll do a confidentiality agreement or we'll give you a payment or we'll do um, other things. But there are two very different approaches. One is public and collaborative and supportive and we try and learn from it horrific as it may be, and the other is one where we don't want to do it and we want to bury our head in the sand. I want you to go back to the person next to you and talk about the environment that you work in, or if that's a bit sensitive, where you previously worked, because you can always slag on the previous employers, <laughs> and talk about, just very briefly, what sort of environment you work in, what attitude and culture do they have for failure, is it this type, or is it this type? Let's have a quick chat with the person next to you. Okay, thank you. So 
So, I'm curious to see what type of working environments do you work in? How do they react to failure? Uh, how many of you are most used to working in environments that look like this? Oh, well, that. My move from that to general. No, that's what I'm saying. You have moved. It moved. The business move from that to the business. That's That is fascinating. That's fascinating. And did that come from the top or from peers or? From the top, I think, really. You need to give them a check for yourself, Corey, don't you? That would change. That would change everything. And so, everybody else, you're more used to an environment like this. What breeds that? I think from my experience, I had a plain culture within the marketing department where trying to was very encouraged, but any mistakes weren't shared with the wider team outside of marketing. But so we can learn from it, but let's not tell anybody else. Yes, yeah, let's yeah. not tell the senior team about Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else want to share anything about why they might work in a culture like this? Let's all chat about it. <laughs> it's safe with, with people that don't know where you used to work <laughs> and don't look at your LinkedIn um, it's really sad isn't it because actually what would be wonderful is uh, lots of us will share that experience with our, with our team and understanding of it um, but we don't want people to know unfortunately sometimes uh, we fail on such monumental scales that the public do know um, and one of the things that I like is looking at mess up on a, on a public scale and trying to learn from it and trying to see what they do. So I pulled together some of my favourite marketing fails. They're not the most public ones, uh, but they're ones that I, I like and I think we can we can learn a couple of things from. Um, so the first one is this, Paddy Power. Who likes Paddy Power marketing? They're quite bold in what they do. They're quite interesting. A couple of people have confessed because they quite like what they do, but they don't like that. Uh, <coughs> and that's, that's pretty interesting. So... Um, at the time of the, the migrant crisis, uh, Paddy Power bravely thought that they should put this on the side of a lorry. Immigrants, jump in the back, uh, but only if you're good at sport. They put a collection of, of overseas but British sports people and Andy Murray. He's not really overseas, is he? But he sort of counts because uh, he's Scottish. Um, and decided to, 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 to drive it in Dover so you get the port thing. And, uh, and then... And then put it on the back of a lorry because that's how immigrants come to the UK, isn't it? Um, what a ridiculous thing to do. So they're quite bold in what they do uh, and, 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 and they always try to, to push the limits. They do some really bright and creative stuff. But sometimes when you try and do things like uh, put a political stance on it or try and make something more newsworthy, it can be a disaster. What can we learn from this? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, this one. The Walker's Wave. Who remembers this? Yeah. This is brilliant. Uh, basically, this is one of those fantastically great ideas on paper that then fails when it comes to execution. Uh, so Walkers, uh, we're sponsoring the Champions League. We could give away some Champions League final tickets. But hey, how do we get it on social? How do we make it all about Walkers? What can we do? Just get people to take a Walkers selfie. We can't call it a Walkers selfie. That's ridiculous. Let's call it hashtag Walkers Wave. That will make it brilliant, um, but then we'll probably get quite a lot, so let's not bother checking them. Let's just put them straight live onto the Walker's Facebook page. And uh, it was a wonderful piece of code. It worked really well. All it did is just pull through all the hashtags, the images, and what do people that use the internet do? <laughs> they put paedophiles, and they put mass murderers, and they put dictators, and they put pictures like that on there. And because it's all automated, uh, and no one checks it, it just appears on your brand page. 
what can we learn from this? Great idea, quite a good way of generating engagement, but if it's not implemented right, it can be really terrible for your brand and for your reputation. Um, let's move on from Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Savile. This one, this one I really like, this is a bit old, but I think this is really fun. Um, so Tesco's were going through a, a social media journey, uh, and they've moved from being very formal in what they've done, saying the store will shut at four o'clock because it's bank holiday, uh, and to trying to be more light and generic in what they do. And specifically, the brief for their social media team was to be more human and lighthearted in their content. So this probably would have been fine at any other time, uh, but Tesco's tweeted, uh, it's sleepy time, so we're off to hit the hay. See you at 8am for more Tesco's tweets. At the same time, there was the horse meat scandal. <laughs> um, so again, being bold and trying new things is great in terms of being more human in what you do, but you need to be aware of context and, and what you can do. And if you fail on a public level like this, um, you, probably will get, you probably will get sacked. Uh, <coughs> The final one, the New York Times, um, they had this wonderful idea of re-engaging with lap subscribers. Uh, all they needed to do was give them a special offer. They were trying to work out how special to make the special offer, and it was unbelievable in terms of what they do. So uh, if you subscribe to the New York Times, but you lapsed, you got an opportunity, you paid for one month, you get 12 months content access. Wow, isn't that brilliant? But what did they do? They sent it to their 8 million subscribers rather than the 500 people who were meant to Sometimes we fail because the idea is poor. Sometimes we fail because the execution is poor, and sometimes we fail because we just fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and our hope is that we work in an environment where people will be supportive of what we do, and they will embrace new ideas, and hopefully we'll have a CEO at the top, or an MD at the top who supported what we do, but we need to generate a culture of trying new things. There isn't anything wrong with the ideas behind it. There's quite a lot wrong with Power, but there's, 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 there's nothing wrong with some of the ideas that go behind these things, and we need to be innovative to make a mark. We need to be innovative to get new uh, users, and with uh, an aid to try and do that, we try new things, but sometimes we make mistakes, and we need to be in companies and cultures which embrace that, because failure happens. We just need to learn from it and hope that our failures aren't as public and aren't as large as these failures. But we need to know our limits, so we need to know what we can do. What can we learn from our failures, we need to be open. We've talked here about what we're trying to do. We've talked about where we sit in terms of whether we're bold or whether we're reluctant to try new things, but we need to try it, but it's really hard. Because any of you who have worked in marketing for a long time will know that the marketing landscape changes so much. Um, <clears throat> if we just think about what's happened recently, we've moved from Google Penguins and Pandas, paid search, enhanced campaigns, responsive design, GDPR, are we allowed to talk about that or not? Uh, Google Analytics, new content distribution channels, social media advertising, not to buy, not to mention Facebook just buying everybody and then integrating it all together. There's so much new information, we've got to try and run just to keep up with what's going on. So how do we keep up with all of that? And also innovate. How do we try and do that when we're also worried about people understanding what we do, fear of failure and all of that sort of thing? We need to conquer our fears. We need to work out what could potentially be the problem and how can we overcome it. And so when I was having to think about it, I thought of four fears that might be stopping us from doing new things. Um, and some of these might resonate with you and hopefully we'll be able to overcome them a little bit. The first thing, we're just scared of making a mistake. 
We're scared of making a mistake. In my first job, um, I worked in recruitment before I worked in marketing. Um, and we ran a, a recruitment campaign for graduates. And it was my job to just manage that process, get them in, get them through the door. Uh, my biggest mistake that I sent there, I sent an email to everybody who was unsuccessful, telling them that they were successful. Uh, and some of them then left their jobs and declined other opportunities. And then I instantly realized, but it was, it was too late. We're just scared of making mistakes, aren't we? We're scared of... Uh, making errors which might affect us. We're scared of what people think and therefore we're inclined to be safe in what we do. We'll do exactly the same thing we did last year. We'll do exactly the same campaign that we've always done. We won't try this new thing uh, because I know that the other thing works. There's also a fear of being first. If we go to things, we believe in something, we believe something might work, but is our boss going to buy into that? No one's done it before. Or Will our boss sign that off because no one in our sector has done that before? That sounds really great, but it's not my brand, is it? How do we get people to understand that and get over this fear of being first? If we're first at something, it might work. And if it does work, it could be really successful. Or we could just sit around and wait for some of our competitors to try something. Thirdly, a fear of not generating returns. This varies massively from business to business as to what your objectives are as an organisation in terms of how you do things. But there's a massive fear of trying something new that just doesn't work. And especially when we're trying new tactics and we're trying to do things, it's really difficult to measure the ROI of something. So how does it prove effective? There's a fear of trying something at the expense of something we've always done and it not generating returns. And then finally, there's this massive fear of testing. So I work at a digital marketing agency. One of the things we do is, is email marketing. I'm shocked by a statistic that only 63% of digital marketers or email marketers A-B test headlines. Come on, there's so many opportunities to test and experiment in what we do. But to overcome our fear, we need to create a safe space. So we need to create a safe space where we can operate within team within our companies but also within our entire marketing strategy so where does innovation sit and how do we do it how do we create a safe space to fit that into all the work that we do um, we need to identify where can we innovate um, this is an extremely simplistic marketing plan and I'm no marketing genius but I know it's more complicated than this but essentially in three parts we need to diagnose what the problem is. People aren't buying this or they need that. Uh, we need to create a strategy to help them overcome it. And we need to find tactics that will help communicate that strategy to our audience. It's really simple. We need to think and understand about where we can innovate. We definitely can't innovate there because there's only one problem. <clears throat> we can innovate there, but we need to be really bold and be in the right sort of organisation. But when we come to the tactics level, there's loads of scope. There's loads of opportunity. Why is it important that we're doing this talk now? Because how many people here are planning their next year now? How many people are planning their marketing campaigns for 2019 now? And now is the opportunity to try something and try something different. What I love about working for an agency is that we get to work with loads of different clients. And weirdly and incredibly frustratingly, clients are extremely more open to trying new things when an agency tells them to do it. When I was, when I was working in-house, they were really averse to try Unless an agency recommended it. So where can you innovate? Tactics are a great way to do it. But why don't you set a budget for what you can do? Why don't you try within your marketing plan and within your marketing budget to put a certain amount of time and a certain amount of effort into experimenting and trying new things? Focus 70% of your time on the stuff that you know works, on the stuff that's always works, and the stuff that you have to do because your CEO really likes advertising in that print trade publication that nobody reads. <laughs> 
but what can you do to experiment and what can you do to try differently? So try and think about that. And then finally, learn from your experience, not finally, almost finally, learn from your experience. One of the people we work for is a telematics provider for cars, but I couldn't get a picture of their black box, so I've got this one from Insure the Box, which is one of their competitors. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> a telematics box is essentially a driving box that just monitors what you do. So it marks you for acceleration, braking, and cornering. And essentially, the idea behind it is that someone's just watching you and supporting you and providing you with regular feedback. And what does it do? It educates you and helps you learn and grow and change your behaviour. We need to think about our own internal black boxes. So as marketers, we need to learn where we can try new things, where we can embrace new technologies or where we can embrace new tools. And we need to learn from when we fail. And we need to create a culture which is more like uh, the black boxes in aeroplanes where we then talk about it openly, where we share what we've done and what we've done wrong uh, and learn from that. And that can be with our internal teams or it could be with our wider peers or it could be with the industry. But the important thing is at least to acknowledge it in here for ourselves so that we know what we've done and what we've tried and how we can do it differently. The last thing, what are six things that you can do to embrace failure? So I said at the beginning, I'm not very good at failing. I'm not very good at failing because I don't try enough. I don't experiment enough and I find it difficult to try new things that I don't know are going to be successful because of that risk of looking silly. So I would never have done that Paddy Power thing, which would have made me look very silly, but I also probably wouldn't have been bold enough to do some of the other things that they've done make them extremely successful. So what are the six things that you can do? The first thing and the most important thing you can do is just stop standing still. So at the moment there are loads of new technology, there are loads of new tools, there are loads of new opportunities and if we just do the same thing we've always done, we're going to really suffer. Um, you know, if you stand still you're actually moving backwards and all of those marketing phrases that people always roll out but essentially we've got to stop standing still. So think creatively and think differently. Secondly, we need to create a culture of testing. Uh, so we need to put a certain amount of our budget aside for trying new things. Or we need to spend a certain amount of time reviewing and researching and reading about new tools and new techniques and new practices that we can use to ensure that we're able to do things differently and do it better. Um, thirdly, we need to learn to manage expectations. And this is the biggest one. Because if you've finally sold in this dream activity, you've then got to manage the expectations that it might totally and no, nothing will come of it. But you need to communicate what we're likely to get. And this is the toughest one for me, learning to manage expectations of other people. If you get their buy-in to try something, you've then got to ensure that they understand that this might be totally wrong. And no amount of telling them that the Netflix CEO says it'll be fine is going to convince them uh, to, to do something and do something differently. Um, fourthly, quick wins are great, but... So actually, you know, incremental gains and all of that and doing things that result in a quick win is fantastic. But actually, we shouldn't as marketers be chasing after the most exciting trend, the most exciting change. There's so much going on in our industry that we've got to focus on what our long-term objectives are. And that's why it's important that we focus any innovation back onto our strategy so that we're always looking at what we're meant to be doing and try and assess whether the tools and the tactics are the right thing for us to do. Uh, and finally, get management buy-in. So it's the most embarrassing thing to do to your boss to say you've made a mistake. You've said that enough to those wrong people. Um, but if you're going to try and develop a culture of innovation and try and understand that a lot of the things you do will end up in failure, but some of those things will be hugely successful and you will learn from them 
Um, we need to get management buy-in, and that's the trickiest thing to do. And that's where we need to understand how we can do that, and need to understand who we can approach and what we can do. As you go away from this evening and think about your planning for next year, why don't you go away and think about the one area where you never innovate? The one thing you always do because you've always done it. There are six, and there's five on there. That is embracing failure. That is fantastic. So I have deliberately done that to embrace failure. Let me consult my notes and see what point six is. One, two, three, four, five. I'm going to quickly create one. Uh, point six <laughs> is test, test, and test again. So actually, when we look to innovate in what we do, it's really important that we trial it and report on it and learn on it and grow on it and try and share with other people. I've blagged that because there should have been another point that, that's not there. But try and think about what we do. Never stop testing. Never stop innovating. Because in order to do that, we can grow, we can become better marketers and we can share. And then finally, um, your clock is broken. That was more than however much time that was. But thank you very much and I hope you all fail.